Orale, bienvenidos and welcome to the Familia FFP podcast. This is your host Jorge Martin, Familia NFL Insider Series. It's, it, I mean, we just keep hitting home runs all the time. You get, you know, getting, you know, connecting on long bombs, ninety-yard runs every time we're, we're doing this, and we've got another great show for you on tap right now. Also, want to make sure that you're going to YouTube when you're watching us on YouTube. Make sure to hit that like and subscribe. Hit that thumbs up. Hit that subscriber button. Set your notifications because we are going to be having these on the regular. We're, you know, here we are. You know, we're recording this. It's late. It's late June. We're going to keep doing these all the way till late july keep keep dropping them in so set those notifications i know you're watching because i see the numbers are growing uh, both in the viewers and the subscribers so appreciate that also want to make sure you're going to underdogfantasy.com make sure you use that promo code familia 23 familia 23 if you want to do it in spanish First hundred dollars that you deposit, you're going to get matched. Another hundred dollars, dollar for dollar, you get matched. So make sure to get in there, get play the best ball. You know, get in those best ball drafts. I'm in, I'm in three right now, three slow drafts right now. So get in there, slow drafts, fast drafts. We've done, we as you guys have seen, we've done some right here on the on Familia FFB. So, but yeah, use that promo code Familia23, and you're going to draft all the way up to kickoff and the 2023 season and Familia. Uh, one of one of my one of my favorite people, someone I someone I've known the longest of all all the insiders that we had. I mean, gosh, we worked side to side, uh, so many places. I just, uh, you know, gosh, he is now the authority, one of the, at least one of the authorities when it comes to all things Raiders. He, you know, he's with the Las Vegas Review Journal. He's one of the hosts on Raider Nation Radio, nine twenty a.m. Let's welcome in our amigo Vinny Bonsignor, Vincenzo. Welcome, bienvenute. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. And uh, and yeah, you know, we we uh, although I compete with Vic Tafer and and um, uh, you know Paul Gutierrez uh, and Tayshawn Reed over at the Athletic and ESPN Athletic Athletic uh, with Tayshawn and, uh, and 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 Vic, they're 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 excellent too. So uh, so thank you for saying that. Uh, one of uh, I appreciate that because I have all uh, all due respect for uh, for for my really my colleagues and friends. Oh man, and yeah, the people that you yeah, you spend a lot of Sundays with yeah. those people, so uh, go, going around with them, and and but yeah, again, you know, being able to talk to, about this team, you know, twenty four seven, three sixty five, it's been one of you know, there's it's never a dull moment when it comes to the Raider Raider Nation, and uh, we're gonna jump right into the quarterback Jimmy G, um, replacing Derek Carr, the long time uh, long time quarterback, and. Uh, you know, unfortunately for Devontae Adams, who really had that great connection with him. But, um, you know, going to Jimmy G now, there is the intrigue about his foot. Yeah. And uh, but you also said, you know, he was very much, uh, you know, the Vegas Golden Knights. He was very much, you know, supporting and all the way to the championship. By the way, I hope Vegas has recovered. Um, yeah. But speaking of recovered, his, you know, there there's questions about his foot. Um, yeah. and, and also about what the offense is going to look like, uh, with him at quarterback compared to Derek Carr, can, uh, kind of updates on both. Yeah. Uh, in terms of the foot, you know, obviously, um, Jimmy G hurt the foot. I want to say in early December, mm -hmm. uh, last season, uh, with the San Francisco 49ers, we all know how that kind of turned out, you know, Brock Purdy, uh, jumps in and, and doesn't miss a beat. Um, and then he gets hurt in the, in the NFC championship game and, and there went uh, the 49ers hopes of going to the Super Bowl. Uh, but but it is important to remember that Jimmy G was playing some pretty good football uh, by the, you know, uh, prior to his injury and, and had the 49ers uh, on track for a pretty big season. 
Um, but he did get hurt. And, you know, uh, I think what happened with Brock Purdy and, and the 49ers uh, kind of want to give Trey Lance a chance as well. There really wasn't any room left for, for Jimmy G. Um, and he ends up here uh, with the Raiders. Now, here's the, the, the tricky part about it. He suffered that injury so late in the season that by the time free agency came about, there's still some concern about the foot. And as a result, um, you know, he wasn't able to pass the physical. In fact, um, the Raiders doctors, uh, when they did give him the physical, figured out, you know, you're going to need some cleanup uh, on, on, on the foot. And that uh, necessitated uh, a surgery and the, the, the contract was kind of rewritten uh, to reflect that. Uh, but I think it's important to remember, Jorge, that um, there's a lot of players in the NFL uh, and sometimes some key players that if you were to if you were to to uh, have to ask them to take a physical in March, they may not pass based mm -hmm. on what had happened the year before. There's a lot of guys, a lot of players um, that that have to that are su still rehabbing from injuries that they suffered uh, late in the season last year uh, and, and whatever surgeries that might have resulted. Um, uh, but the long story being short, if they were to take a, a physical in March, there's some players that just wouldn't be able to pass it at that point. The good news is for them. Uh, they, they, they stay on their rehab uh, track, and, and at some point, they're going to be able to pass a physical uh, and get on the field. And I think that's what the Raiders believe is going to be the case uh, with, with Jimmy G. Um, it just wasn't able to happen uh, in March. And, and the difference, obviously, is that he was a free agent where other players that we're talking about uh, are already under contract. Um, and so just to for like a little bit of a history lesson, for players that aren't ready, and there will be a few, a handful, I'm sure, by the time training camp starts, that's where you start hearing about the pup list, the physically unable to perform mm -hmm. list. That's where players go to to uh, uh, to kind of uh, remove them a little bit from the roster, and um, you know they're not able to practice, and they're until they're able to actually pass that physical and and then come off the pup list and start participating. So um, that's kind of the situation that Jimmy G is in right now, but, but, uh, all indications are that at some point in training camp, if not the very start of training camp, um, he's going to be ready to go. Uh, so, um, and they're everyone that I talked to at least talks optimistically, uh, about that proposition in terms of how it changes the offense. I think it does subtly change the offense. I don't think you're probably, you're probably not going to see, let's just assume that Jimmy G, uh, stays healthy. I know that's mm -hmm. a big uh, but let's just assume that he that he does. Um, I think the the hope for the Raiders is that um, he elevates their efficiency level. It might not be reflected in the more gaudy numbers that maybe Derek Carr uh, was kind of known for the, the the high passing yards and you know throwing the down the ball downfield uh, as as often as, as he sometimes did. Uh, but what the what the Raiders think could happen uh, is that they may trade some of that. For a little bit more efficiency and when we're talking about efficiency uh you're talking about the red zone where the raiders have just had issues mm -hmm. over the years um you know uh, uh sustaining success when they get into the 20 yard line uh or, or closer of their opponents and uh i think it was our good friend josh dubow uh from the associated press up north up in the bay area i think he, he put out a tweet that said uh since 2013 um of the 30 quarterbacks or 30, I think it was 38 quarterbacks that threw over uh, a certain amount of passes uh, in the red zone. Um, uh, and Jimmy G fits into that category. I think he was ranked eighth in terms of passer percent or uh, ranking mm -hmm. uh, 
um, and efficiency level in the red zone, uh, whereas Derek Carr was in the 30s uh, in that number. And not oh, to wow. disparage anybody or throw anybody under the bus, but that's a pretty big uh, difference. And I think that if the if the again the Raiders' hope is that Jimmy G helps in that area, understanding this offense, uh, maybe being able to handle the situation a little bit better uh, in the red zone. And then you're talking also about just extending drives and. Uh, it might look a little bit different. They may not be a long ball team uh, this year. Jimmy G uh, hasn't really been known for that in his career. Uh, but I think, and just based on what we saw in OTAs and minicamp, granted Jimmy wasn't out there, but the the wide receiver group that they've built right now, um, uh, you know, take take Devontae out of there. He's he could do things all over the field. But it sure felt like there was a um, a uh, kind of a mandate or or a plan in place. On those underneath passes, those crossing uh, patterns, getting balls to to players in space, and letting those athletes then take it from there, kind of like what the 49ers did with Jimmy mm-hmm. G. So uh, that might be that might look a little bit different. But I guess the long or or the short answer to a very long winded answer that I'm giving you is the Raiders. It might look different, but the Raiders are hoping that that efficiency uh, level um, leads to a, a more consistent offense. And the last thing I'll, I'll leave you with. Uh, I know, and I've gotten this question a lot. You know, how can the Raiders get rid of a quarterback in Derek Carr who uh, helped orchestrate a top 12 offense uh, in the NFL last year? And, you know, that's a valid question. And when you look at it, just look at the final number and say, wow, the Raiders averaged, you know, the 12th most points in the game in, in the NFL. That looks really good. But then if you peel it back a little bit, here's the issue. And this is what led to Derek Carr's demise. There was a point in time where they were a top five uh, offense last year in, in, in October, uh, late October. And it was a very steady slide from that point. So they slid down to 12th. And so when you look at it from that perspective over the last two, over the last two months of the season, the offense efficiency really started uh, suffering and it led to them finishing 12th rather than in the top five or top 10 in offense in the NFL. When you look at it from the bigger picture of everything or the full picture of everything, you can understand why when Derek didn't play well down the stretch, which he didn't, and he's mm-hmm. come out and kind of admitted that, um, that's really what led to their decision to A, bench him, uh, and then B, go in a different direction this year. Okay, that may, that makes sense. So um, you talked about it being a little bit different, and I want – and. I think I think there's a lot there's been a lot of concern uh, and and actually I think I, I don't know if it's warranted because Devonte Adams, um, you know, he was still I mean in a new offense he was still just so incredible last year. Um, granted, he had history with with Derek Carr, but he was still good when Jared Stidham came in. Mm-hmm. So I mean, is it almost like with him that that um, and he's and I. I consider him still in his prime. Um, we're, we're for this season. I mean, is it almost like he's quarterback proof, and that that Jimmy G is just going to f- figure out a way? This is my wide receiver one. I'm going to get him 170, 180 targets this season. In some ways, yes. Um, but you just mentioned the 180 targets. I think that's what it was this year or last year for him. 182 targets, which I believe was a a career high by a, by a pretty good margin. Um, and then you look at the fact that it was 180 um, targets and 100. Again, you look at the numbers for for Devontae last year. 100, I think it was 100 catches over a thousand yards. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but he's never had a like that many um, uh, targets 
and that few uh, receptions, you know, usually he's, you know, even in, in, in years where it's in the team, 100, 113 or so catches, it's come on less or fewer uh, targets. So uh, there was there was a pretty big disparity there. Like he was targeted a ton of times, which rightfully so. Uh, mm-hmm. But the, but again, the efficiency level of getting him the ball at a higher level just wasn't there. There were a lot of passes, and we'd have to go look at the film to really figure out. Um, all right, were they just bad passes? Did he? Dro- I don't remember him dropping a whole lot of balls. Uh, you know, maybe maybe you could correct me on that, but I don't remember uh, him, <laughs> him dropping a lot of balls. So what happened on those eighty or so passes? targets that went incomplete right uh so so again you look at Devontae's numbers and they were really spectacular in a lot of ways but you look you look at them a little bit closer and uh it felt feel it sure felt like there was a lot of meat left on that bone uh and can jimmy g come in and um again kind of clean that up a little bit so that it's even more efficient with Devontae? Yeah, that, that to me is is the interesting part. I mean, I know Jimmy G may not take as many shots uh, down the field that that, but does does that? But you know, if he's taking if he's taking shorter shots, Devontae still does his thing. I mean, yeah, could those, if if the targets are are still up there, could that add another ten or fifteen receptions to him, which yeah. would be just, I mean, phenomenal. So another part um, of that is there there is film out there i went in fact last this past weekend i i, I looked at a lot of jimmy g uh film because you know I'd, I'd heard oh well he doesn't you know uh take shots down the field well i did see plenty of uh examples of him uh taking shots down the field uh but but i don't think there's any question that that it's it's not um you know uh it, it doesn't match like other quarterbacks uh, and mm-hmm. their attempts on the field and the one thing i i think we'll probably never really know was that because Jimmy G was reluctant to do it or couldn't do it, even though there's there's definitely definitely visual evidence of him of him completing long passes. Or was that the way you know um, uh, the the 49ers offense uh, you know was structured was structured and Kyle Shanahan just wanted to take advantage of the athletes that they had uh, offensively and getting those 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 players balls in space and in stride on shorter um, you know uh, length length of, uh, routes. So. There's probably a little bit of all of that uh, in it, but I would imagine that what Kyle was trying to do with his offense probably predicated and dictated a little bit how many shots Jimmy G did or didn't take down the field. And, and uh, how much of the pie is going to be left for Jacoby Myers, maybe Hunter Renfro, who I think is uh, in, in the fantasy community is getting, I, th- I think he's getting unfortunately pushed down and maybe the rookie Michael Mayer. Yeah, uh, well, when you when when you say that out loud, um, it, it 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 really you start thinking about wow, how good can this offense really be? Because um, you know, I think th- that that the players that you just mentioned represent you know considerable talent, you know, and and I think Jacoby Myers is better suited as a number two. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Michael Mayer, um, you know, and, and don't forget Austin Hooper is here too, and he has a, a little bit of history uh, in, in the NFL. Uh, but I think I think Michael Mayer has a chance to just step right in and, and, and really be one of those really good Raider uh, type tight ends. Uh, I felt like watching Hunter Renfro um, during OTAs, it felt like, you know, you got to remember or, or, or think about this. I know you do, but, but when we're talking about Hunter Renfro, there's no doubt that last season was a disappointing season. And I know we've seen all the, you know, the, the rumors about, about him getting traded. I feel like that's a bit of a long shot. Um, but uh, and I don't think that's going to happen. Um, 
but 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 also when you go back to last year, uh, this was a player who just had unfortunate luck, um, and it goes back to that second game of the season. I know Raider fans don't want to remember this, but they were up, I think, 20 points uh, on the Cardinals uh, at Allegiant Stadium game two, and then it got away from them, and all of a sudden you're in overtime, and that's where Hunter Renfro suffered what was really a devastating concussion uh, on the last play of the game. Remember, they threw the pass to him. He was fighting for a first down. It was a devastating hit. He coughs the ball up. It goes the other direction for a game-winning touchdown for the Cardinals, and on top of it all, uh, Hunter uh, is hurt. And I remember seeing him in the locker room after that game. And um, it was it was not a good sight. You could tell that he he took a really uh, big blow to the head. And it really, I don't know if, if Hunter ever really recovered necessarily mm-hmm. from that. Because on top of that, uh, then he suffered another injury um, uh, somewhere along the way after returning. He just never got on track uh, last year. I know we live in a society where, you know, you're in a rush to just find something new or get rid of, this person or just it didn't work. So uh, you got to go in a different direction. Well, I'm not making any excuses, but there are some valid explanations for why Hunter didn't have the type of season uh, that, that that he's capable of. And I don't think that this is that he's he's somebody that in this offense is going to have the 100 or so receptions that he had. Uh, what was it? 2021. But even if yeah. you look back at 2021, that was out of necessity. Remember, Darren Waller went down uh in thanks uh, in the Thanksgiving game against the Cowboys, so he's out of the uh, a- equation. And then we all know what happened with Henry Ruggs yeah. uh, in that situation. That took another uh, big time weapon uh, out of the out of, out of the fold. You were you were down to Zay um, Zay Jones, um, you know, and they brought in Deshaun Jackson. Uh, it kind of got to a point where Hunter was the go to guy right there, especially when Darren uh, went out. So I think his numbers were a little inflated. In 2021, um, I think I think his model is more what he was doing, uh, that, that especially that rookie year uh, of, of his career. And and so if he could get just back that back to that, a 60 catch guy, um, I think that's going to go a long way uh, in this Raiders offense. And the and the Hunter Renfro that I saw in OTAs and minicamp looked healthy uh, and looked to be back on track. And then you throw in Jacoby Myers, and then you throw in Michael Mayer, and and I really liked what I saw from DeAndre Carter, who the Raiders got um, oh, yes. you know, the Chargers in free agent. See, uh, and I really liked what I saw from Trey Turner, Trey Tucker, excuse me, uh, from uh, the rookie from Cincinnati. So uh, it seems like a collection of all this various different types of skill sets and things that that, that players are bringing to the table. Uh, and and if Jimmy is out there, uh, he and Josh McDaniels, uh, I think, have a lot of weapons at their at their disposal and ways to attack opponents. And when you talk about a Carter, when you talk about um, you know, a Trey Tucker, uh, they may not be out on the field, you know, every single down. I don't expect them to be, but in certain situations, those are guys that I think the Raiders are going to be able to get some big plays uh, out of. Maybe it's a key first down, you know, in a game, maybe it's a, uh, you know, a, a, a second and 13 and you get 17 yards out of it. Like it doesn't have mm-hmm. to be on a play by play basis, but a situational basis. I think th- those guys have a chance to really help this offense. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let, let, let's talk about, you know, Josh Jacobs for a second. And, uh, you know, he was phenomenal last year. And, and actually, you, you had said that he was going to be he, he was going to be the clear the the clear running back last year, the clear top running back on the on the team He was going to be the first option. Uh, I, I think I think people still expected a lot of, uh, you know, more of a committee 
backfield of, you know, like McDaniels had in new England, but you know, if they, but they also have, have history of, if a guy is good, they ride him. Right. Josh Jacobs doesn't, didn't love getting the franchise tag. So, um, but you know, it's, I mean, the way the NFL is for running backs right now, it's almost like they always have to, you know, earn their pay every year. Mm-hmm. Is Josh Jacobs behind a pretty good offensive line that, uh, that improved uh, a lot last season. I mean, is 2000 too much, but I mean, getting close to it, at least a uh, possibility. Well, uh, a couple things. Um, uh, it, it's interesting going back to last year and thinking about the committee talk, which I think was was a, a safe assumption based on what Josh McDaniels had done uh, in this pa- in the past. But I do give Josh McDaniels uh, credit. You know, uh, I we know this. You know, covering baseball and you working for the Dodgers. Uh, I want to say it was Grady Little uh, back in the day once once said, you know, players decide who plays or not. You know, that, that it's usually in the players' hands who ends up playing the most by performance, by practice habits, by all that, you know, it's, it's, you, you show the manager or the coach that you deserve to be out there. You're probably going to be out there. And in Josh Jacobs's case uh, and, and, and Josh McDaniel's case as well, to me, McDaniel showed flexibility and saying, you know what, maybe we did to do this uh, in previous years. Maybe this is what I kind of prefer, but this guy's just playing so well. Uh, and he's so durable right now that there's no need to change that up. So I give him credit for, um, you know, being flexible enough to, to go in that direction. All that said, uh, I do wonder when you look back at, you know, 300 plus carries for Josh Jacobs, yeah. there's a lot of usage, um, you know, at some point, you know, even if he does sign the long-term uh, contract or, or, or plays this year on the, on the franchise tag, is that a model that's repeatable and sustainable? And, and, I would think, uh, and this has nothing to do or nothing against Josh, uh, uh, um, you know, uh, at all uh, in terms of Josh Jacobs, but would it be more conducive for the Raiders to share the load a little bit, you know, to uh, to make sure that he's as healthy as possible down the stretch and, um, uh, you know, certainly at the end of games when they when they really need him. So I would think that you're probably going to see more of Zamir White and maybe even Britton Brown, uh, the other second year you're running back. And why? And so while um, Josh Jacobs's numbers might not be as gaudy as they were last year, uh, that doesn't mean he can't have every bit uh, the same type of an impact uh, that he had last year. He'll just do it in in fewer carries, which might be the best for him and the team uh, in the long run. No, oh, yeah, yeah, you're okay. Okay, so I'm going to keep an eye on Zamir White, and you know, at the end of drafts, uh, possibly, because you know, the other part about it is Josh Jacobs has has battled some injuries in the past, so, um, you, you know, and you're right, you know, the attrition at the running back position is just like no other position. So, uh, gosh, I mean, those car crashes just start piling yeah. up after all. Yeah. Um, I, I touched on it a little bit and you just recently had an article on this in, in the Las Vegas review journal talking about how the, the offensive line just kind of came, you know, came up and became a strength of the team by the end of the, I, I believe it was by the end of the season, it was the, the number 10, uh, offensive line by, uh, pro football focus. Um, is this unit still shaping up to be a strength of the team? Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, give the offensive line a lot of credit, uh, Jermaine Illuminar in particular, uh, for, for really solidifying that right tackle, uh, position mm-hmm. and then Alex bars, uh, as well at, 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 right guard. I think the, I think, you know, in an ideal world, um, I think the Raiders, uh, 
understand that they probably still need to make some upgrades uh, along the offensive line and maybe out of the collection of players that they've brought into uh, on the roster going into training camp, uh, maybe that's going to organically happen. Um, and so you might not see uh, the same starting five. You might. Um, and, and I think they, they feel like they could win football games if, if, it, if this offensive line just comes back uh, intact as it did as it did last year. But I think guys like Thayer Munford, uh, the second-year player, you know, from um, from 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 from, from uh, Ohio State, I think they're going to give him every chance to to maybe even beat out a Jermaine Illuminar uh, at right tackle. Uh, maybe Jermaine Illuminar becomes the answer at right guard. Um, uh, but there's 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 ways that they're going to be able to still compete and and ultimately um, come up with an offensive line that they feel like. Uh, they can win football games with. Um, it, it it took a little while last year, uh, and I know a lot of a lot of people were kind of complaining, you know, that they went uh, a month or so into the season before really settling in on that uh, on the final five. But there 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 were some extenuating circumstances there too. You know, Alex Leatherwood was going to get his opportunity uh, in training camp. Obviously, that didn't work. Um, you know, you had John Simpson, a returning starter, and he was given an opportunity to hold on to his job. Uh, and got time during uh, during the regular season to do that. It just wasn't working. And I remember, you know, talking to some people kind of behind the scenes about, uh, you know, the, the complaints about using the first month of the season to figure out who that best starting five and that best group was going to be. Uh, where I, and and you know, the response I was I would always get is, hey, if we don't know, why why should we just pretend like we know? It, it it's still an ongoing situation. And I think when you go back to, to last year and that first month of the season, the open competition, some of the tinkering that was going on, um, it led to a favorable outcome. Uh, and, and I think that's what they were looking for. And who knows if that would have happened had they just stuck with whatever they felt like they needed to stick with because everyone figures out in training camp who you're starting five offensive linemen in. Isn't and they're going to roll with that and just just leave it as as, as is. They 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 didn't know. And they admitted that, and and they gave it a little bit more time to get figured out. Uh, and I think that that's part of the reason why that ended up being, um, you know, what turned out to be, uh, you know, a very viable offensive line, which was actually considered a weakness going into the season. Now they have to try to replicate it and get better. Uh, and I think that there are some some new faces and some players that, you know, are 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 just getting better and growing and maturing. And it'll be interesting to see kind of where it all uh, leads in, in training camp uh, to see if that same far starting five is the starting five that rolls out there against the Denver Broncos in the season opener. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's always, and, and it's kind of organic to the NFL. You're always competing for your job anyway. Yeah. And there's always oh, yeah. someone gunning for your job. So, and the NFL is merciless there, you know, if they, if someone else is, you know, if a second year player is coming up and, and doing better, they're going to put him, put him in. So yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, and especially when it comes to the O-line. And, I mean, McDaniel's coming from protecting Tom Brady. Um, it, it's you're making sure that Tom Brady is protected. Uh, yeah, I know it's I know it's it's a priority. Um, yeah, it's my it, it's my uh, gratuitous mention of Tom Brady possibly uh, coming out of retirement. <laughs> we had an interesting conversation on the radio show today, and I've, I've written about how um, there's there's it's easy to sit here and say, oh, Tom Brady could come save the day if need be. Um, you know, come down from the owner's box if, if need be. But there's a lot that has to happen for that to happen. First of all, no owner can just go play for the team. That has to be approved by 24 other owners. Um, and there's a process uh, for that to happen. And that 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 stands for Stan Kroenke and Jerry Jones, 
all the way down to Tom Brady if he is, uh, you know, ultimately approved uh, as a minority owner uh, of the Raiders. And I don't know, but I have a hard time believing that if you're an owner of an AFC team, you know, and the Raiders are in, you know, and all of a sudden they need to turn to Tom Brady, are you going to vote to approve that? Why would you, right? Um, It just, that's a competitive type thing that I'm not sure a whole lot of owners uh, would want to do. But we did on our, on the radio show, come up with a scenario of, okay, let's just say the Raiders surprise and get to nine and two. Right. Um, and, and Jimmy goes down uh, at that point. Is that something that you consider if you're the Raiders and you don't, maybe you don't think that Aiden O'Connell, uh, the rookie is ready to, to take over at that point with the stakes kind of getting a little higher than you thought they were. Is that a, at least a conversation that you have to try to figure out, is this even possible uh, to have Tom come down and, and cause I, the way I see it, if you're nine and two and, and you're and you're in contention for the playoffs, don't you kind of owe it to everybody to do whatever you got to take to make sure you kind of seize, try to seize that moment as much as possible? No, absolutely. And, and I hope the YouTube algorithm was listening. We threw out Tom Brady's name so that, you right. know, make sure go. that this, this is going to be out, you know, out, out in there. So right. uh, last football question um, when it comes to the defense, uh, you know, there was, this was definitely a forgiving defense uh, whenever Max Crosby didn't get it, didn't get home and, and, and hit the quarterback. Obviously they added Tyree Wilson in the draft where, you know, are they, are they vulnerable? Are they improved uh, against the pass or the run? Um, well, it's, that's, you know, I wish I could for Raider, for the sake of, uh, you know, the uh, Raider fans blood pressure. I wish I could sit here and say yes to both of those questions, but I don't know. Uh, we're going to have to wait and see, uh, when the, when the games, uh, get started. I, I do feel like, um, I, I do think that there's reason for hope, uh, for this defense. I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, you know, uh, a top 10 defense. I, I think that's unrealistic. Uh, but I think that there's there's there, the moves that they made in free agency, albeit on a very kind of a subtler level um, than they did the year before bringing in Chandler Jones. Um, but I think that uh, some of those moves made made a lot of sense and and should be able to uh, to help immediately. I'm talking about guys like Marcus Epps and Duke Shelley and Robert Spillane, the middle linebacker uh, that they brought in from the Pittsburgh Steelers. David Long uh, from the Rams, who had some uh, some pretty good moments on a Super Bowl team. Uh, you know, with the Rams and then bringing in a Jacorian Bennett uh, from Maryland. Obviously, you just mentioned Tyree Wilson. Uh, you know, Chandler Jones was playing his best football right before he got hurt uh, and was lost for the season. So, um, you know, can can that Chandler Jones be uh, more present over the bulk of the season rather than those last that that, that last four uh, weeks that, that he played really good football? Um and then what you, what what really needs to happen though uh, is you, the Raiders need to guys like Nate Hobbs and Trayvon Merrig and Divine Diablo, uh, all of whom, and I've written about this. You know, I, I went back and looked at uh, Trayvon Merrig, the safety from TCU. If you go back to his junior year at TCU, he had a def- one defensive coordinator uh, his junior year, then a completely different system as a senior, and he comes into his rookie year and is playing for Gus Bradley. Uh, has to learn that system. Uh, and then the very next year, he's learning Patrick Graham's system. That's four defensive coordinators in four years. Divine Diablo uh, last year was going into his third new defensive coordinator. Uh, same with Nate Hobbs, you know, coming in from rookie to, fir- to uh, or from senior year to rookie to uh, second year uh, with the Raiders. That's a lot of disruption. And on top of all that, all three of those players got hurt at one point or another during the season. 
so um, I know, again, we live in a society where you want it right now, but that's a lot of disruption for some young players um, that that still have a lot of talent. Javon Merrig was playing really well as a rookie, as was Nate Hobbs. Uh, and Devon Diablo uh, was uh, you know, t- uh, leading the Raiders in tackles last year before he got hurt. I think he was uh, the eighth leading tackler in the NFL uh, at that point in time, and, and he was lost for the season uh, about eight or so games in. If, if the Raiders can get all three of those players you kind of headed in the right direction. Uh, and in Nate's case and Trayvon's case, back to who they were as, as rookies, you know, now going into year two and Patrick Graham's healthy and presumably healthy, it just changes the entire dynamic uh, of the of, of the defense. And that doesn't even get into what can Tyree Wilson add to the pass rush right. uh, in conjunction, you know, with a spelling. He'll be spelling Chandler Jones. He'll be spelling uh, Max Crosby at times, but there's going to be many scenarios where all three of those players are on the field uh, at the same time, and and that's it has the potential for some pretty decent firepower uh, getting after the quarterback. So there really is reason for some hope. Things have to happen, and there's a, there's a few ifs in there. We know uh, ifs don't always turn out to be uh, certainties, <laughs> but if some of these guys, and it's not like you know, uh, to me anyway, we're not talking about um, outlandish. There's no way. Uh, of course, you can see Nate Hobbs getting back on track. Of course, you can see Trayvon Merritt. These are talented football players. Of course, just watch the film of Tyree Wilson. I mean, if he can translate into the NFL, that's a big uh, difference maker uh, along the defensive line. So, so there really is reason for hope. But again, it's the Raiders' defense. We've been talking about it for years now. Uh, it's time for them uh, to to not just be talking about it, uh, but to actually do it. And if they do it. And, and the offense, when we mentioned a, a lot of the weapons and, and you know, year two again uh, under Josh McDaniels' uh, system, uh, there really is reason for hope. Uh, but it's the NFL. It's professional sports. Uh, anything can happen. And, uh, and you got to see it all, all come together on the field. Yeah, well, that's something I'm going to be watching because I know I targeted the Raiders a lot last year. It was fun shootouts. <laughs> it, yeah. it was for some fun shootouts for fantasy. <laughs> and that's the other part. Like, you know. Nine of their eleven losses were within one score. They had oh, they had right. double digit leads in five five games and lost four times. You know it's a fine line uh, league, uh, and and in a lot of cases the games that they were winning down the stretch in 2021, those close games, kind of eluded them uh, in 2022. Uh, if they can if they can just turn their fortunes around in a few of those games, it changes. Uh, the entire uh, complexion and, and dynamic of the season. So I guess if there is, if you are looking at things optimistically, this wasn't a team that just didn't, that that didn't look like it belonged on the field uh, with the vast majority of their opponents. In fact, they had leads against a whole bunch of them. Uh, they it just, things just didn't go their way. And, and if they can get that kind of straightened out a little bit, again, uh, there's genuine reason uh, for help. I'm not talking about a Super Bowl team or anything like that, but nine wins, maybe 10 um it's 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 in without within the realm of possibility yeah i mean it's and it's not gonna be easy you got no. you got you got those unicorns uh number 15 in kansas city number 10 right. in the, the chargers and sean payton coming into the yep. coming in and seeing if he can fix so it's gonna be fun oh Vinny yeah. B, thank you so much Absolutely. hey you know what we're we're getting at the start of start of summer, you know. So I've I've actually had a couple people that in in uh, uh, NFL insiders say that they're going to be going to to Vegas. Uh, you got a couple restaurants to recommend. I know I know that you got a state. You got your staple. 
Yeah. Um, I there's there's so many. Uh, there really are uh, a, a lot of great restaurants. Yeah. Um, great eating cities in the world. Yes. Uh, and and what I find living in, in Henderson and going over to Sem Summerland, there's a lot of great uh, off strip uh, restaurants. But you know, uh, pretty much every restaurant at the Cosmo, uh, every every restaurant uh, over at the Win, uh, you you just you you really can't. Uh, go wrong uh, whatsoever. You like Italian food. You like Asian food. You like Mexican food. Uh, it's there's a Javier's uh, over uh, at the Aria. Um, you know, uh, Bobby Flay's uh, is at uh, the Cosmopolitan. Um, uh, it's a it's a, an Italian restaurant uh, that he has over there. It's Amalfi's. Uh, so um, that's a great place. Uh, it's it's uh, it's endless. It really is. I, I remember having a conversation with um, Andre James, the Raiders center. And he's a big foodie, and uh, and he was talking about you know, because the thing is, uh, every time you think that you've hit all the great restaurants here in Las Vegas, which is virtually impossible, but even if you think that you did, by the time you did, there's like ten new spots that opened up uh, in the meantime that you got to now circle back to those new ten. So it's never ever ever ending. Oh man, it's tough to get a uh, rotation. Well, it's never ending. Uh, that I love that I love reconnecting with you, Vinny. So thank you, thank you so much for doing this. So absolutely, uh, yeah. Close up shop. Uh, what you got coming up the the these next like month and a half or so until training camp? Yeah, um, uh, trying to uh, unplug just a little bit. I do have a uh, story coming out. Um, uh, look for it online at VegasNation.com. But uh, projecting the fifty-three man roster. Kind of going through some of the um, options uh, awaiting Josh Jacobs, you know, with his contract situation, uh, that'll be out. Uh, but uh, but mostly it's just kind of waiting until uh, training camp starts that uh, uh, late July. So uh, looking forward to it. Oh, Vinny B. Thank you so much. I can't yeah. Yeah, give him a follow at Vinny Bonsignor on, on Twitter. So he's he, he's awesome. Awesome. Vinny B. Thank you so much for doing this. Muchas gracias. Un millón de gracias. And thank you, everybody, for watching, listening, wherever you get it. So make sure once again, you're going to YouTube. You give us that thumbs up. You give us hit that subscriber button. And also, if you're going to going to Underdog, please use that promo code Familia23. You're going to get matched that first $100. Uh, I'm Jorge Martin. You can find me at Jorge Martin17 on Twitter, at FamiliaFFB on the other socials. And uh, I'll keep having some a little stuff, a little something coming out on FamiliaFFB.com, but everything I pushed out on Twitter. So once again, muchas gracias to Vinny. And remember, todos somos familia. Salud.